Well, praise the Lord, Facebook. It's uh, another Sunday afternoon. Really nice Sunday afternoon. It's a lot nicer than it was last week. There are some storms in the area, and it's uh, so far it's splitting where I'm at. It's kind of going uh, north and south. So let's hope it stays that way. Um, you might occasionally hear the cicadas in the background. <laughs> Actually, you might frequently hear the cicadas in the background. Uh, it's the seasonal cicadas that come out every year. It's not the ones that hatch, you know, every so many years, but these are the seasonal ones. So I, uh, yesterday I was outside. Um, it was after it stormed in the afternoon. And I laid down, like I was outside, I checked some things to see if the storm had done any damage. I come back in, I lay down, and all of a sudden I feel this sharp pain in my back. I'm like, what in the world? You know, sometimes you know how you have like a, a nerve pain, you know, that's got like a sharp, real piercing feel to it. Not like a Charlie horse, not like a muscle cramp, but a, a, like a sharp, like a nerve pinch. And I was like, what in the world is this? And then it wouldn't go away. I'm like, what is going on? I stick my hand back there, and and I'm here. Out comes a carpenter bee. <laughs> so I laid down on a carpenter bee, and he's like, "Hey, buddy, uh, <laughs> something's got to give." So he stung me. Uh, I ended up terminating him, but uh, they don't leave a stinger in you. They they don't do that. So that was a good thing. But that was a nice surprise. So it's that time of the year. Lots of bugs and. Uh, Lots of birds and all that good stuff, but uh, fall falls around the corner, and we all know what comes after that. And we don't we don't like that, but it's just the nature of living in Ohio. These four seasons. Uh, before we get uh, into the Word this afternoon, I want to go to the Lord in prayer and ask Him to bless the Word and uh, give me unction to speak as oracles of God in the way that He would like me to speak. Father, I just come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. I thank you for this beautiful day you've given us. I thank you, God, for the the words of encouragement that each of us have received, those who attended church this morning, God, in their individual houses of worship. May we take those words, God, and live by them. May we take the anointing that we've received, Lord, in your presence and utilize it in this week to come. Now I ask God that you give me the unction, give me the wisdom, give me the voice to speak, God, these words that you've given me. May I present them in a godly manner, in the way you would desire them to present. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. I want to talk about a subject today uh, that's deep on my heart. Um, it's actually very disturbing to me. And I have to be honest with you. It's, it's very, very uh, disturbing. It's... It's the state that I'm seeing the body of Christ in, and particularly the charismatic Pentecostal segment of the church. Um, I'm seeing a lot of manifestations and things happening within the charismatic church that are very, very, very similar to the Church of Corinth. Very immature, uh, babyfied, still on a sincere, you know, on the milk, unable to eat meat, uh, craziness going on. 
And unfortunately, social media has allowed that to be propagated. Everybody and their neighbor is a prophet. Everybody and their neighbor has a word. Everybody and their neighbor's got a dream. Everybody and their neighbor's got a vision. And nobody's testing any of it. Nobody's calling it into question. Because somebody has a large following on Facebook, on some other form of social media, YouTube, whatever it may be, Instagram, Twitter, automatically people think that they're legit. And what they're saying is legit. And that's a dangerous precedent to set. I mean, look at the unsaved. Look at the, the what we would call the progressive left. There's a lot of people believe that, that follow and, and adhere to those ideologies. They're sincere. They're out marching in the streets. I mean, they're breaking windows. I mean, they're sincere. They're beating pans with spoons and marching with signs and, you know, burning things down and telling everybody, you ain't telling, you know, we're not changing. We're not. Look how sincere they are. Look at the, the folks who are what they call pro-choice, pro-abortion, pro-death. How when the overturning of uh, Roe versus Wade went down, how they all sat around and, and cried and bawled. I remember when Trump was elected, uh, how Hillary Clinton's um, followers sat and bawled and cried and squalled. And they were sincere. But were they right? They had numbers. But were they right? You don't measure truth. You don't measure a move of God, a move of the Holy Spirit, uh, the kingdom of God by numbers, by sincerity, by feelings. That's a very, very poor way to discern. The Bible doesn't teach us to do that. It doesn't teach us to do that. It teaches us, us to measure things according to the word of God and test the spirits and try the spirit and see whether they be of God. And I, I'm a bit concerned that the modern day charismatic church, and I know where it comes from, and I could get deeper into this about the movements, the belief systems, the organizations, seems to think that the modern day church knows more than the original church knows. Like, oh, we've got, we've got revelation beyond. We've got revelation beyond what the apostles had. You know, it wasn't good enough that uh, Paul, many believe it was Paul, was talking about himself, went into the uh, third heaven and described things and come back and said he couldn't even talk about some of the things he's seen. Paul the apostle, handpicked by Jesus, to start the Gentile church. They wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Couldn't speak about, couldn't speak about the things that he saw in heaven. But we got people traveling around nowadays talking about heaven. Oh, I go to heaven twice a week. Oh, I got, I got teleported back to the days of Jesus Christ when he was crucified. And I watched the resurrection. I got teleported to the forward to, 
to the, the end of the days and, you know, the last days, and I've seen what happens, and I know who's president here, and I know this, and I know that. It's foolishness. Complete and utter foolishness. That we would think that someone in our modern times is closer to the Lord, <laughs> knows more <laughs> theologically, is closer in the spirit than someone that Jesus literally handpicked to start the gospel to the Gentiles. It's utter foolishness. And I'm not afraid to say it. I don't have any skin in the game. I don't have any people to lose. I don't have any church to worry about. I don't really care. I'm going to say it. And I'm going to speak the truth. And I pray more preachers get up and start speaking the truth and start addressing this nonsense that's going on in our churches. Address the nonsense that's going on on Facebook. Because it's, 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 it's sad. It's very, very, very sad. And it quenches the Holy Ghost. Satan works in extremes. He either wants you on one side of the road or the other. He works, we know, through the sinfulness what we call the progressive lefts, the, the uh, Marxist socialistic ideologies of our modern days. But he works another way. You know how he works another way? Through extremities. Through too far the other direction. Through undiscipline. Through craziness. Through everybody having dreams and visions. And everybody knows this and everybody knows that. And I go to heaven all the time. and Whatever and whatever. It quenches the Holy Ghost. It quenches the Holy Spirit. God wants us that narrow path. The Bible talks about the narrow path. The narrow path is what we need to walk in. And I want to talk about something that uh, kind of a narrow subject about those type of things. is this idea of divine justice. Divine justice. For some reason, in the charismatic, I have to address it because it's mainly in a charismatic church. We've got this idea that if there's something we don't like, we can take the Bible, like the book of Psalms, or, uh, whatever it may be, Songs of Solomon, Ecclesiastes, Isaiah, whatever, wherever it may be. We can find a, song, a, a, a verse about divine justice and we can get up and we can quote it and we can yell it and scream it and pray it. And, and if enough of us do that, by God, we'll turn something around. We'll change it. Did the early church do that? Is there any examples in the early church of them doing that? When they were being treated poorly, when they were being treated badly, when whoever was in rule and power and the government wasn't who they wanted. Is that what they did? They didn't. That's not what they did. It's, it's like we're trying to declare and decree and pray away everything. And you're not going to declare and decree and pray everything away. We live on a cursed planet. It's, you're not. We're not taking over this planet as Christians. This is not going to become a theocracy. We're not going to take over America. 
I mean, if we take over America, guess what we got to deal with next? We got to deal with communist China. We got to deal with the Middle East with all the Islamic beliefs and, and the India, India and Hinduism. I mean, to think, to literally think that Christians are going to take over the planet before Jesus comes back is foolishness and absolute nonsense. It's not biblical. There's too many scriptures against it. It's craziness. And I want to talk about the divine justice side of this. Uh, when President Trump wasn't reelected, whether you want to believe that there was uh, thievery and this election was stolen, or you want to believe there's just that many ignorant people in this country that voted for the opposite person, what's done's done. What's done is done. And God's not falling off his throne. You know, and there was people prophesying, oh, you know, Trump is going to come back. Oh, it's not it's in January. No February. No March. No April. No May. And I mean, in a complete year, we go another year. We're into another year, and they're still saying it. Trump doesn't even know it. He's getting prepared to announce his 2024. <laughs> if he's even able to run now. It's like, what are we doing? What are we doing in the kingdom of God? We've got our perspectives. Our whole, our whole uh, reason for being a Christian is turned around. We're mixing our, our patriotism in with the gospel. God's concerned about the whole entire world, not just America. America is very important in God's eyes. But the only country that God has a covenant with is Israel. Biblically. Israel. It's the only country. He's got a covenant with. He said he blessed those that blessed them and cursed those that cursed them. But that's the only that's the only land he has a covenant with. In the Bible is Israel. We have allowed sixty over sixty million babies to be slaughtered since Roe versus Wade started. You don't think we're going to pay for that? You don't think we're going to pay? For those sins? Read the Bible. Read what happened to the, to the nations that turned their back on God. Unfortunately, we live on a cursed planet. And as, as Christians, we are going to receive the shrapnel. We're going to receive the negativity that you get when God brings judgment down. Unfortunately, it's just the way it works, folks. Because we're in a cursed planet. God has not lifted that. But we have protection in that we are in the ark. Just like Noah, Noah's family was in the ark. We're in that ark. There's a remnant of people that God will keep alive. God will utilize. God will feed and will take care of. But doesn't mean we're not going to be uncomfortable. And when we begin worrying about our 401ks and, and our jobs and Oh my goodness, what am I going to do? This guy's in the present in the office and God's fallen off his throne. And if I don't get up and I don't declare declare and decree the psalm and this verse and this and that and refuse to believe that, you know, no. That's not biblical Christianity. It's foolishness. Nonsense. And I'm not afraid to say it. 
There's a lot of ministers that are afraid to talk about this and address it. It needs to be addressed because you have you have uh, attendees, people in your church that follow after this stuff. They use it like a horoscope. What's my Facebook prophet going to tell me today? Give me hope. Give me hope, Facebook prophet. How about you get in here and get your hope? How about you go up there and get your hope? Not to a Facebook prophet who's been wrong over and over and over and over again and, and, and talking foolishness and nonsense. And you can research it and you can find out what they've said and what hasn't happened. It's unfortunate. I want to deal with divine justice real quick. Real quick. 2 Thessalonians. I've got several different verses here. I don't know how long this will take. And this might be more than one video. You can say, Jonathan, you're coming off awfully angry and mean. No, I'm concerned. I am very, very concerned what I'm seeing. It, it, it kills my heart to see what has happened to the church in the last 20 years. And the foolishness that we're participating in and following after, that's not scriptural at all. It's not biblical at all. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. I'm going to read through, let's see here, from 1 to 10. I'm going to read 10 verses. It says, Paul and Silas and Timothy unto the church of the Thessalonians, in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith grows exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other abounds. Verse 4, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God. For your patience and faith, listen, 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 in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. Oh, Jonathan, that was for them. That was for them. We don't have to endure persecutions, afflictions, misunderstandings, loss of our 401ks. Jonathan, that was for them. Really? Where does the Bible teach that? I don't see that in the Bible. All those who follow Jesus Christ will suffer persecution. All. All. You know what that means in every language, as my pastor often say. All. A-double-L-L. All. So why do we think we're better than these folks? Why? Because we're more advanced? We have more technology? We're not. We're absolutely not. More advanced than them. I'm looking around trying to figure out if it's wanting to rain. I'm not sure what's going on here. I'm hearing thunder and lightning. Uh, I don't think it. I don't think it's going to rain here real quick. But uh, let me finish with this verse. These verses it says, "Your patience and faith in all your persecutions, tribulations that you endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God." Hold on a second here. Divine justice. Their persecution and their afflictions is a manifested token, a token of the righteousness of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which also you suffer, seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them who trouble you. Absolutely. But as he say it's happening right now, in other words, the, 
did they, uh, when they was going through the things they were going through, did they, did they go get a uh, verse out of the book of Psalms? Divine justice. I want divine justice. I don't want to suffer. I don't want to persecute. I don't want to be afflicted. I want divine justice. No, they did not. Look at Acts chapter, I think it's chapter 5, where they were excited about, they would take them and, and, and whip them and stone them and kick them out of cities. And they were cheering and joyful for they were willing to be, to be considered part of Christ's afflictions and persecutions. And we're no better than that now. I mean, why do we think that we... It's, it's like the progressive left ideologies crept into the church. Well, we've advanced as human beings, and we don't have to deal with those things now in the church, you know. You know, what is that? Where did that come from? Because it's not in there. It's not in the Bible. We are going to suffer persecution. We're going to suffer tribulation. We're going to suffer loss of money. We're going to suffer many things, but God's got it. God's got it. And I don't need a Facebook prophet to prophesy to me a whole bunch of things and tell me stuff that isn't happening, that hasn't happened, and how they maintain their credibility, I will never know. People are so deceived. So deceived. We need to listen to the Word of God, the entirety of the Word of God. Not somebody's dream and vision, not somebody's word. It has to be from the Holy Spirit. Where is the fear of God anymore? Where is the fear of standing up and speaking for God? Foolishness and not thinking you're going to pay for it. Where, where, what happened? What happened to us? I have a cargo by there sometimes. What in the world was that noise? Got some storms brewing around me. That's reality. Storms are brewing around us. Yeah, somebody, somebody out their car door doing something. Verse 6 says, Seeing it as a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation of them who trouble. Verse 7, And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. In flaming fire, listen, this is when the justice takes place, taking vengeance on them who know not God, and who obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord, from the glory of his power. Verse 10, when he shall come to be glorified in the saints, to be admired in all them who believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. That's the truth. That's the truth. The New Testament teaches that Divine justice doesn't always take place in our time the way we want it, when we want it, how we want it. That's not a biblical standard. We know that God is just and that he will attribute divine justice in his time the way he chooses to do so. And unfortunately, I see people deciding, you know what, I'm going to take these scriptures. I don't like what's going on in our government. I don't like who's in the presidency. I don't like this. I don't like that. And I'm going to take these scriptures, and I'm going to tell, basically, if enough of us do it, and we really believe it, we can get Trump right back in a White House for the next two months. If we just, well, if we just believe it, do it. No, you won't. Nope. No, you won't. It's not going to happen. That's not the way God works. You think about, uh, you think about 
Hitler and what Hitler did in World War II. Do you not think that there were thousands of people praying against that? Begging God to stop him. And ultimately, he ended up killing over 70 million people. The war ended up killing because of him. And they thought that was at the end of the times there. I mean, they probably thought he was the Antichrist. But you get my point? Have you ever heard of unsolved murders, unsolved mysteries? Have you ever seen where somebody's committed a crime and they never did? The people, family, that, that, that was the person was murdered, family, whoever it may be, never got justice here? It doesn't always happen the way we want it to, folks. Not when we want it, how we want it. The heart of the king is in the hands of God. He will turn it and twist it the way he wants it to go. He's not surprised by, by oh, this guy's in the White House. So, oh, my goodness, uh, I need my children to, 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 to take this verse and quote this to me so that I will do something and change it. No, we're going to write it out is what we're going to do. That's what we've been doing. And all these false prophecies and all this prophylion and all this nonsense is falling by the wayside. And there's going to be a segment of people that are going to still follow after it and excuse it. Oh, they didn't mean that. That's not what they said. Oh, no, they've seen 2024. No, that's not what they said. They said back-to-back terms. Back-to-back. And they kept on saying, oh, he's coming back, he's coming back, he's coming back. Oh, he's, he's controlled the military. Oh, he's coming back. John F. Kennedy Jr. is going to appear in Texas, and he's going to be... Come on. I mean, let's wake up as a church. Our focus is all wrong. Trump's not our savior. He's just a man. And I'll go into, in the future, I'll go into why the people that are propagating this believe this, what their theology is, what their eschatology is what their understanding of scripture is and why they want this to happen and why they think it has to happen. I'll get a little deeper into that at some point. That scripture I was sharing you shows that we suffer persecution and affliction and God considers that justice and righteousness. Not him coming down and changing all of it immediately in our time, in our way, because we do certain things. We get, we start getting into that works gospel, you know. We start getting that works gospel that Jen talks about in the book of James. Trying to do it on our own, trying to make it happen. It's charismatic works. It's, char it's, it's another version of religion and religiosity. I'll just confess this away. I, I say this every day, blah, 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 you know, and I really mean it, and I dance around in my house, and I wave flags, and I jump up and down, and God's going to, no. No. You have to go to God and say, Not my will, but thine be done. God, I know you have me. You promise to protect me and take care of me. And even if I have to die for your name, then so be it. So be it. That's the gospel. That's the New Testament church. That's how they believe, and that's what they taught. They did not teach this, pray away everything kind of escapism type of mentality. That's all based in fear and immaturity is where that, that, where that comes from. Let's look at a few other scriptures here. Um, 2 Timothy 
today. Chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. This is Paul writing. But you have fully known my doctrine, verse 10 of chapter 3 of 2 Timothy. Manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, and patience. Persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium and Lystra. Persecutions and afflictions. Again. Well, that was just for Paul. Really? Based on what? what? Based on what? Not based on this Bible. Based on what? Facebook prophet said something? Is it based on scripture? The word of God? Verse, continuing with verse 11. What persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. There you go. He was delivered. He was doing what God asked him to do. And he was delivered out of those persecutions and afflictions. But we know that Paul ultimately was put to death, right? Like the other disciples. He was ultimately put to death. He did not escape it totally. Divine justice didn't come and, you know, take over Rome and, and take over, you know, those who were holding him hostage and, 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 and God, you know, rained down fire immediately and changed everything and, and made sure the kings were overthrown. No. It didn't happen. Verse 12. Yes, and all who will live godly in Christ, all. There's that word again. A-double-L-L, all. Who will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecutions. All. All means all. Every bit. Verse 13. But evil men, listen. Okay, those that think that like we're going to slowly take over this planet, divine justice, we're going to save America completely, and America's going to be a theocracy, and it's going to be a token nation, and then we're going to slowly move into the other parts of the world, and we're going to take them over before Jesus Christ comes back. Nonsense. Biblical nonsense. Verse 13. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. Deceiving and being deceived. So I don't see an expiration date for that. I mean, while we're still here, like, like, where, where does Paul tell tell them to, like, quote the Psalms, man? Quote this, quote that. Drive this out. This is injustice. We must have justice. Paul, my 401k is hurting. Where's that in the Bible? It's not there. It's just not there. We're going to suffer persecution. We're going to suffer affliction. We're going to suffer misunderstanding. There's going to come kings. There's going to come rulers. There's going to come who, who aren't righteous. And we're not going to just pray them out instantly. Everything's prayed out instantly. I mean, in life, you know that. You know that's not true. We know that's not true. We know that life's not fair. People don't always get what they what they have coming to them the way we want to see it happen. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. But we know God's ultimately just and righteous. And they will get there. They will be taken care of. And it may not happen in this lifetime. It may be when they stand before Him. But we have to lose this idea that we can just like I don't know. It's 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 just charismatic craziness, man. 
It's not biblical. It's not consistently biblical with what the New Testament teaches. You can take a few isolated scriptures and make anything. I mean, you can make the Bible say anything you want it to say. If you if you don't let the whole word speak for itself and just simply use some logic, I mean, you don't even have to be a Christian and use some logic and think, you know what, life's not fair. We're not always going to see everything the way we want to see it. And things aren't always going to be happening the way we want them to happen. It's just foolishness and craziness. And you shouldn't feel hopeless. I just feel hopeless because so-and-so's in the White House. I mean, come on. Isn't your God bigger than that? Isn't Christ bigger than that? He's going to take care of you. He will take care of you. There's that song, God will take care of you. You know? Absolutely. There's another scripture, um, Colossians. Let's see if I can find that. Yeah, I took a few notes this time. Yeah, Colossians chapter 3, 1 through 4. I kind of wing this. I don't stand in front of a mayor and practice this. <laughs> this is just me, being me, trying to be allowed to be used by the Holy Ghost to speak uh, truth to power. Truth to power. Colossians chapter 3, starting with verse 1. If, the, if you then be risen with Christ... Seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Not on, not on the earth. Our mission is not to totally save this earth so that Jesus can come back. Until we do that, we have to influence all the seven uh, mountains of, of influence. And until we totally take over those things, Jesus can't come back. That's nonsense. It's not biblical. It's not biblical. It's not consistent with the scripture and what the scripture teaches. That's man-made ideologies. There's nothing wrong with wanting to influence culture and get into all the aspects of culture, what they call the seven mountains. There's nothing wrong with that. What's the end game, though? What's the reason you're doing that? If you think it's to take over the planet, that's foolishness. There's always going to be people who reject the cross for. There always is going to be. Jesus said the poor will be with you always. Well, how's that possible if we're going to take over the whole planet and everybody's going to prosper? How can the poor be with us always as long as this earth is the way it is? See what I'm saying? I mean, a lot of this is just common sense of your logic. It's not going to happen, folks. There's a remnant of people. There's a remnant of people that God has called out that he's going to utilize. And I'm not preaching against, don't get me wrong here, teaching, remember what you want to call, whining, complaining against um, revival and the glory of God falling. I'm not saying that that's not going to happen. It's going to happen. It's happened throughout the century. It's going to happen. But I really don't know where we're at on God's timetable. It seems like we're right at the end. It, seem, it seems that way. It seemed that way to the folks in the 40s when Hitler was marching across Europe and taking over everything and the world was in a war. I mean... That seemed like it was the end times, but it wasn't. And what's quite interesting is that's when this uh, this other taking over the kingdom nonsense kind of faded away for a while. <laughs> once the, once he had all those wars, they were like, well, maybe our theology's wrong. But so it's crept back into the church again, unfortunately. Unfortunately. I think it's actually, I was Acts chapter 5 where the uh, disciples... Uh, you can read in there where they were whipped and beaten and 
they rejoiced. I'm like, wow. You think about it. We try to pray everything away. We try to pray all the negativity away in our lives. We don't want to hear anything that's, you know, that challenges us. Uh, certain preachers we won't listen to because they don't make us feel good. You don't make me, you don't make me feel good, Jonathan. This is not giving me a whole lot of hope. Really? It should give you all kinds of hope. It should give you all kinds of hope because it's a testimony to the truth of the gospel. If you're a true Christian, you're going to suffer persecution and affliction. And you're going to recognize sin for what it is. There's lost souls out there for us to get to. God knows who's going to be saved and who's not. He knows who's going to receive his message and who's not. And it's our goal and it's our mission to get to those people, whoever they may be. We're not going to save everybody. We're not going to save the planet. You're, you're talking, you're starting, when you start talking to save the planet thing, you're getting into the progressive left mentality. We just get determined and we just figure this out. And we can save the planet. No, we're not going to save the planet. It's cursed. It's cursed. It's dying. Your body's cursed. Your body's dying. You're aging. You're getting old. You're going to die at some point. You can't stop it. You can't stop it. The most important thing is, remember in Colossians, you know, seek those things in heaven. Seek, make your life count for eternity. Not who's president. What your 401k is doing. Whether you're going to lose your job or not. Jesus promised to take care of us, to watch over us. If we did his word and did what he asked us to do, he made that promise. Absolutely. I trust him today. I've been through hard paths. I've been through things that I don't understand. I've lost uh, relationships. I've lost uh, money. I've had things happen to me. The Lord has been right there with me, and He helped me through those things. And I've matured and I've grown because of it. I don't pray it away. I can't think, well, man, if I would have just got a hold of start listening to this Facebook prophet and started confessing that psalm over and over again, those things wouldn't happen to me. That's nonsense. Straight up nonsense. Let's be true to the Word of God. Let's get this craziness out of our churches. Let's try to influence our churches. We don't need it. We don't need extra biblical manifestations in our services of things that the Bible doesn't even talk about. We don't need them. If it's not in here, we don't need it. We don't need it. Changed lives are the evidence. Healed bodies are the evidence. Demons coming out of people are the evidence. We don't need all this extra biblical stuff to be happening. Well, if I, then what we start doing is we start thinking, well, gosh, if, you know, this don't happen and that don't appear here and we don't see that. That the glory of God wasn't in that service. I mean, come on. That's not the. That's not what the Bible teaches us to look for as signs that Christ is in, in our midst and, and in our work doing the, what he wants to do. It's changed lives. It's healed bodies. It's demons being cast out. 
That's the signs and wonders. And feeling his presence. And knowing he's there. We don't need none of these other things. It's, it's, yeah, again, it's, it's, it's that craziness creeping into the church. Creeping into the church. And all it does is it makes a mockery. It makes a mockery of, of, um, the gospel on us Christians. And, and the devil, he don't care. He'll play except both sides of the street. He'll play the extreme left, and he'll play the extreme right side. The Corinth, the Church of Corinth, the craziness. The, you know, no, no, have no boundaries. Don't have no common sense. Uh, don't weigh anything. Don't judge nothing. Just think that all of it's God, because so and so said it, and he's got a following, and it happened in his church, whatever. No. Uh, it's got to be by the word of God. It's got to be in there before I'm going to accept it. I don't know about anybody else. I'm not going to follow after foolishness. The Bible talks about I mean, I could read so many scriptures today, but I won't. I know I've got long-winded. I've come off maybe harsh, you know. People are like, man, Jonathan's mean. No, I'm not mean. I'm just, I mean, I'm just telling you the biblical truths. I'm being honest with you. The state of the church, where the body of Christ is at, particularly where the charismatic church is at, and it's very, very, very sad. And I pray that God raises up more men that will speak the truth and are not worried about what so-and-so says or what my buddy this or that one thinks or whatever it might be. Our relationship with Christ is in preaching the word of God and true power according to what it says, a proper doctrine, a proper teaching is, is the important thing. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Well, I appreciate you listening to my rant. <laughs> it was a rant. I'll admit it. It was a rant because I've I've just I've just had it. I've had it. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of listening to it. I'm tired of seeing it. I'm tired of people falling after the nonsense and making excuses for it. It's not God's glory, man, and it's not going to bring God's glory. <laughs> it's craziness, and it just makes us us, us church folks look like a bunch of idiots because. We're falling for all this craziness, and it's not God. So just please be careful with that. Think about it. Think about what you're following after. Who you're listening to? Study up on it. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be listening to anybody that you haven't really, really looked into. What they believe. Where are they from? Well, the things they say have they happened? What do they teach? What do they say in their books? You shouldn't be listening to anybody unless you've done that. Because uh, you can get yourself in a world of hurt, following after people that are teaching. The Bible talks about the last days, signs and wonders, and false doctrines, and things that 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 that, that will come in, that'll come into the church. That the same things that the apostles were fighting, Gnosticism and Judaism and different ideologies, paganism. So we have to be careful. And this is just a warning. This is just me giving folks a warning, those who will hear my voice, with the limited capacity that I have right now, hear my voice, and I may upset some folks, and you may unfriend me, you may turn me off, you don't want to watch me anymore, I don't know, that's alright, that's okay, I got to be true to my calling, I got to be true to the word of the Lord, and the Holy Spirit, and what I'm seeing, and say what needs to be said, because I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not out to make buddies and friends, and and have everybody, uh, you know, tell me how wonderful I am. That's 
that's not uh, what God's called me to do. So I just appreciate you listening to this this afternoon, or whenever you listen to it, because it's, it's recorded. I'm throwing them up on YouTube as well, you know, right now I don't think, YouTube's a different monster than Facebook, it's, I'd have to like start marketing myself to, you know, to in videos to try to get people to even watch it on there, but Facebook is a little bit easier to, uh, to get it to spread and for other folks to, uh, to be able to listen to the videos. So before I go, I just want to pray again that, that this words that I've spoken, that I didn't come off too harsh, too mean. There's always going to be somebody that thinks I have, and that's okay. <laughs> if I'm not your cup of tea, you know, find somebody else to listen to. That's all right. I'm, uh, that's good. I'm good with that. I know there'll be some people that I've helped, that I've ministered to, that received this word. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for giving me the ability to say what I said today, God. I just pray that it reaches the hearts of the people, that it ministers to them, that truth will win out, God against the lies of the enemy and of the devil. I thank you, God, that you've given me the ability to speak and to present thoughts in a distinct manner so that I may portray, God, what you want to say to the people. I thank you, Lord, for that ability. It's not of my own. It's nothing that I've done. It's nothing that I've earned. It's all you. It's all your grace, God. I just ask, God, that you seal this word with your Holy Spirit. You bless those who have listened, that you be with them throughout the weeks coming, God. And use them for your purpose and for your kingdom. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I appreciate you listening. And I will see you next time.